accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. Uh, James has called in and had a question. So, James, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Hey, guy. I appreciate uh, you, everything you do. But sure. I'll give you this question. You've probably had it before, but unfortunately, it's coming back up again. Um, we have several soldiers that have went in for their medical readiness for whatever and um, have talked about PTSD, and it gets documented on their uh medical records and everything and about a year ago this was hot and heavy in new york but now we're starting to catch soldiers uh outside of some blue states that actually are having state police coming and knocking on their door asking them if they have guns after they've been to these medical readiness um and, and mentioned that they have ptsd i'm just wondering if you've heard anything on this and then maybe tell some of, our, some of our soldiers what they need to do if this happens to them. Well, no, it's an important point, uh, James, and thanks so much for your call. Um, and listen, this goes back to the Obama administration as far as when we really started seeing this start to unfold. And it's really something that, that just absolutely infuriates me. And I've, I've talked about it before. And listen, I never served in the military. Um, I was home safely on the couch um, when when soldiers uh, were out uh, putting their lives on the line uh, to protect our freedoms. Um, so I, uh, the respect I have for their uh, duty to this country and their sacrifice um, is just immeasurable and uh, something that, that deeply affects me. Um, so here's what is going on. There's a federal statute, part of the Brady Bill, that says you cannot possess a firearm if you uh, are, and this is really offensive language, and I hate this language, but it's right out of the statute, the federal statute. It says if you are mentally defective, <laughs> as ridiculously uh, offensive as that language is. And generally that's been interpreted to mean if you've been adjudicated, that means by a court or at least by some official tribunal um, that affords some process uh, that protects due process as required under the Constitution. And that's found you to be a danger to yourself or others. So, for instance, if somebody um, is committed and they're, they're, they go through a commitment proceeding and a court finds that they're a danger to themselves or others, then they fall within that definition in that statute that says you can't possess a firearm. Well, during the Obama administration, um, the Obama administration sent out a notice first to VA, and by the way, they also sent something similar to the Social Security Administration, and I'll talk more about this in a second. But they sent something to the VA, and they said, listen, if you have soldiers come in and they get an evaluation of uh, a diagnosis of PTSD, and they receive a disability rating, 
on the basis of that PTSD. And, and you can get a disability rating of a certain percent, and that can trigger certain VA benefits. And listen, like I said, I never served. Um, and, and there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure, including James, who know more about this than me. But you get a disability rating, and, and that, and that, can, that pro- can provide you with some disability payments. The Obama administration took the position that if you had PTSD and on that basis had received a disability rating, um, that that meant you'd been adjudicated to be mentally defective in other words, a danger to yourself or others, and there's no connection here. And listen, I've represented police officers, for instance, who've been diagnosed with PTSD, and it dramatically affected their lives. It made them uh, hyper-aware, hyper-vigilant, uh, caused horrible nightmares and insomnia, and it really broke them down to the point where they were, they were non-functional in terms of doing their jobs, but they were never violent. They were never homicidal. They were never suicidal. And obviously, PTSD affects different people different ways. But you can have PTSD and not be a danger in any way, shape, or form to yourself or anybody else. It's just debilitating. And and keep in mind what we're talking about here with veterans. We're talking about people that have put themselves in harm's way and, 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 and watched fellow soldiers, friends, brothers, sisters, get, get killed and horribly maimed. In, in, in horribly, just unimaginable ways, burned and through explosions and losing limbs and all kinds of horrible things. Again, not having served, I can't even imagine. And on that basis, they're injured. They're damaged in a way it's not unlike getting shot. And some of them, by the way, also suffered physical injuries as well. And also got the psychological injury of PTSD. But it's an injury. Just as real as if you were shot or otherwise, you know, injured, physically injured. So on that basis, the Obama administration back um, during that term sent the, the Veterans Administration Letters saying, uh, notifications saying, listen, if a veteran gets a disability rating, then uh, on the basis of PTSD, they're adjudicated to be def- um, to be mentally defective and they cannot possess a firearm. And some of these soldiers actually started getting letters in the mail saying, you're a prohibited possessor, you're not allowed to possess a firearm. And how infuriating is that? Here's someone who's put themselves in harm's way with a firearm, with a weapon, Who knows who maybe it's a tank or artillery piece, a drone, who knows? But they've gone off with a weapon and defended this country in order to protect your constitutional rights and my constitutional rights. And they come home with an injury they they suffered in the defense of their country. And they come home and they're told they've lost their constitutional rights under the Second Amendment. How completely heartbreaking is that and infuriating is that? And uh, the next administration, during the Trump administration, we had legislation get introduced that would cut off that completely and just say, oh, hell no. Because what Obama, the administration also did, by the way, is they said, if you receive Social Security benefits and you uh, appoint a fiduciary to receive your benefits, maybe because you can't get to the bank. 
Maybe because your eyesight's really bad, or maybe you're totally blind. But but for whatever reason, you appoint a fiduciary to receive your Social Security benefits. On that basis alone, folks were getting letters saying you're prohibited from owning firearms because you've been adjudicated to be mentally defective. What? No, I just want somebody else to receive my checks so they can help me with my finances. It has nothing to do with being a danger to myself or others. Yet, the Obama administration did that as well. So there were, um, there, the, uh, Rand Paul, as I, as I recall, introduced legislation to try to fix that. It was never actually passed. Um, and then, of course, we got the Biden administration be, re, be installed. And now that I've heard, exactly as James just mentioned, that that's starting to happen as well. And that's what we're talking about. Now, I have not heard uh, about state police officers showing up to anybody's door what I've heard is about people getting letters saying you've been adjudicated to be mentally defective under the state statute, the Brady Bill, the federal statute, I should say, that says you can't possess firearms under certain conditions. And on that basis, people being deprived of their Second Amendment rights. And that goes into a database. It goes into a, a, the, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System database, NCIC, the National Criminal Information System uh, Center. And, and and it's just like a felony conviction. Guess what? You can't buy a gun. You can't go in and buy one. You can't get a handgun license and otherwise. We're, we're a little past the three-quarter hour. I want to take a break. But that's the issue here. And I'll tell you what we need. We need to go back to what I think, believe it was Rand Paul, and I believe Ted Cruz also tried this as well. We need to get federal legislation to cut this off. Otherwise, it's going to be a recurrent problem. But right now, we're taking a break. I'm going to come back to this issue um, when we come back because it's a big deal, and it's something that's a priority of mine, and it's something that we really need to address, and I thank James for calling in and raising it. Right now, we're taking a break. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Your rights, your responsibilities, your guns. This is the Gun Guy with Guy Relford on 93 WIBC. Welcome back. I'm Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. Well, what do you know? It's the top of the hour and we got a short segment. I'm shocked. <laughs> I tend to do this every week, um, so, which is why I laugh. But but listen, uh, what's no laughing matter and something that affects me uh, deeply is this issue with veterans. And, and let me tell you in part why. Because here's a call I've gotten Multiple, multiple times, uh, dozens of times over the years. Because, again, I've been doing this a long time. It's a call from a, a veteran who says, hey, uh, I have a question for you. I have PTSD, and I really feel like I need some help. But I'm being told that if I go to VA and I tell them I have PTSD, there's a possibility I could lose my gun rights. Is that true? And and listen, I'm not going to lie to anybody, but what a gut-wrenching process of answering that question. Because the last thing on earth I want is someone not going and getting the help that they need and the help that they want and the help that could actually dramatically assist them in their lifestyle and in, in, in getting paid, whether it's medication or counseling or whatever it might be, it could help them, whatever whatever form that help takes. 
I mean, the last thing I want to do is say something to them that prevents them from going and getting that help. What kind of a person would I be? At the same time, how do I answer their question? Because the honest answer is that, yeah, you, you go get a diagnosis of PTSD. You might get a letter from the VA that says you're now a prohibited person and you can't possess a firearm. And that's gut-wrenching for me. That affects me deeply. Again, I'm not going to lie to anybody. But my goodness, what a horrible position to put these veterans in who incurred their injury and put themselves in harm's way for the defense of constitutional rights in this country. And now we're going to strip theirs? That's not acceptable. We're at the top of the first hour. It's time to take a break. This is Guy Relford on The Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment, and this is the Gun Guy. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. With Guy Ralford on 93 WIPC. And welcome back for hour number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled that you're with us on what turned out to be a nice sunny winter day, a little chillier than I would have preferred. But, hey, uh, we'll take the sunshine every time. And, and listen, I want to go back to something that caller James raised um, in that last segment. And I'm just so glad James called because this is such an important issue. And this is something that I'm going to start working on at the federal level. It's been on my to-do list uh, for a while, but really time can't wait because uh, the issue can't wait because um, law-abiding citizens are being deprived of their constitutional rights without due process. And that's the point, without due process. If a doctor simply says you have PTSD and some group of people say that that sufficiently debilitates you that you ought to get a disability rating. That doesn't mean that you're a danger to yourself or anybody else. That's not what that means. And listen, are, are, are some people with PTSD, can they become suicidal? I'm sure, yes. That's one of the reasons we lose so many officers and so many veterans every day. You've seen some of the same campaigns that I have. We're saying we're losing 21 officers a day to suicide. So I don't minimize that issue in any way, shape, or form. Can it manifest itself in, in rage and, and homicidal tendencies? I'm sure it can. But that's not the point. The point is that just because you have PTSD and served in the military and suffered PTSD as a result of your military experiences doesn't mean you're a danger in and of itself. And there ought to be some additional due process. That's the point. I'm a constitutional rights attorney. That's the point. There ought to be due process for you to be able to establish with the help of of an attorney to be able to to confront witnesses against you, to be able to bring in expert testimony on your behalf and say, yes, I have PTSD, but I'm not a danger to anyone. And again, I've had this issue that I've litigated in the context of a PTSD case that resulted in red flag proceedings. It wasn't a VA disability rating because this person's not a veteran. 
they're, they, they were a police officer. But they got a PTSD diagnosis. And so his own department initiated red flag proceedings against him. What's red flag? That's where guns can be seized from people deemed to be dangerous, quote unquote. And his guns, in fact, were seized after these proceedings were initiated. But here, in a red flag proceeding, you have the ability to go in and have a hearing and offer evidence and cross-examine witnesses and have a lawyer to represent you. All on the issue of whether you're actually a danger to yourself or others. And and you can have PTSD, and we proved this in this case. In fact, I had multiple mental health professionals who came in, experts, and testified. I've seen this person. Yes, they have PTSD. They are in no way, shape, or form a danger to themselves or anybody else. Because that condition, post-traumatic stress disorder, can can manifest itself in a million different ways. And it has a million different levels of severity. And this idea that Veterans Administration is, is diagnosing the professionals there, diagnosing someone merely with PTSD on that basis alone, they're being deprived of their Second Amendment rights with no opportunity to go in and prove that they're not dangerous or that they don't otherwise meet the definition of mentally defective, as offensive as that term is, in the federal statute. That's what bothers me. And this, is gonna, this, this needs to be a priority. It's all on the basis of federal law, so I don't know that there's a lot we can do here in Indiana. We could have a bill, for instance, that says local authorities won't assist in enforcing this or something, but that, that doesn't really do much. What we really need to do is go to Congress. And we need Congress. And we need the Indiana delegation, the Republican delegation in Congress. Is, is Andre Carson going to pick up this? <laughs> this, this, this this torch and bear it? No, uh, of course not. We need to go to the Republicans from Indiana in Congress, our senators, our representatives, and say this has to be fixed. We can't deprive these people of their constitutional rights with no due process. If there's due process, hey, if it's established that they're actually a danger to themselves or others, I get it. I don't I don't want a veteran killing himself because we somehow preserved his Second Amendment rights when that could have been prevented. God forbid I don't want a, a veteran to go in and commit a crime, including something horrible like a mass shooting. Of course not. Nobody's looking for that. Everybody wants to prevent that. But does that mean everybody who receives this diagnosis ought to be treated that same way? Of course not. That's the point. That's why we have due process. That's why we allow people to have lawyers, and we allow evidence to be presented. And we allow a a disposition of that issue based on the evidence specific to that case, not something as general as a diagnosis of of a particular condition. That's not okay. And i got to tell you, we're going to take this up at the 2A Project. It's something I've been talking about for a long time. It's not a new issue for us. But it's time to take this to our our, our delegation in Washington, we talked to Senator Young, for instance, as a veteran, 
and say, oh, hell no, this is not okay as the way this is. We need to go. And they look, there, there are congressional elections going on right now. A whole bunch of people wanted to be, want to be your next representative from the state of Indiana. Let's we'll start addressing this issue. In fact, on behalf of the 2A project, we're going to pick this up and we're going to go out to the candidates who are running right now and say, would you support legislation that would prevent this, this elimination of constitutional rights from U.S. veterans without due process? Again, if there's due process, someone's truly dangerous, I get it. But what about when they're not? Well, we need to take this to Congress, and we need to be aggressive about it, and that's going to happen. You know what? I'm telling you right now, we're going to hear more about this here on the Gun Guy Show. We're a little bit before the quarter hour, but let's go ahead and take a break because when we come back, we're going to shift topics a little bit. We're going to talk about the other bill that we successfully got through committee in the House. That's House Bill 1084. We'll spend a little bit of time on that, and then we'll switch gears, talk a little bit about the cries for gun control arising out of the inevitable Predictable is not even the word. It's inevitable cries for gun control that came out of the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Super Bowl victory celebration in Kansas City. And uh, why those are a little silly when you start breaking down what actually happened in that shooting. But right now we're taking a break. Give us a call. We've had fabulous callers, great questions, great comments. Give us a call. Join the discussion. Yeah, you your question. You got a question about uh, about legal issue, about gun related issues. What's going on in the General Assembly? A bill you'd like to see in the General Assembly? Hey, give us a call three one seven two three nine ninety three ninety three. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on ninety three WIBC. 